0: Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas. I have such exciting news. Um, We get to learn a couple of things. Um, I'm excited because the Amiga Way Academy is back. And so I just wanted to let you know a couple of things. So here's the thing, um, Amigas. So I'm offering some free masterclasses. Um, They will be starting April 26 in the evening and April 28 and April 29. there are at various times and, would, and I would love for you to all join me for these free masterclass opportunities. And so what are they about? So here's the thing. Here's where you get to learn how to rewire and unblock any cultural limitations that have been holding you back from living your epic life. So what do I mean by that? You know, the thing is, is that as a first-generation Latina, um, I can personally attest that we've been trained to ask permission first, then act, not to ruffle any feathers, not to speak out of turn, and many, 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 many limitations and so i've been able to rewire and unblock those limitations using what my formula is which is the amiga way uh, formula so i'd love to hear and see you there i have three opportunities it's free and so without um you know any any hesitation just sign up shine up sign up and show up and we get to Um, Learn from one another and remember that anything is possible if you put your mind and soul into it. And, you know, if you have any hesitations that you don't have any time, that um, there's no money, well, it's free, number one. Number two Hey, there's various opportunities to attend these free masterclasses, so make sure you sign up. I have in the show notes the link directly to sign up for one of those three classes, so I will see you there, amigas. Hello, amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have such an exciting guest today. Her name is Dr. Veronica Estrada. And we met not too long ago. However, she's been in my inner circle for quite some time and We're going to definitely talk about that um, in the episode, but let me say something. She's an extraordinary human being, and I am so grateful that I get to have this amazing conversation with her regarding education, and um, she's a doctor, and uh, she's a core faculty member of the School of Human Development at Pacific Oats College, where she's been a faculty member since 2015. She's also served as a faculty counsel for the past two years. Dr. Estrada is currently serving as faculty council secretary at the college. Um, She's had had 14 years of experience teaching in higher education at the community college level, um, also in the master's degree level. Uh, She's been an extraordinary human being and part of education for the past 20 years, actually over 20 years, and um, being a part of the student affairs professional um, institutions like Cal Poly University at San Luis Obispo, also California State Long Beach, Glendale Community College, Citrus College, University of California at Los Angeles, California Institute of Technology, and... Pacific Oaks College Dr. Estrada completed her EDD in Higher Education Administration and Leadership at the University of Southern California. Hello, fight on. And she's also completed her MS in Counseling with a Specialization in Student Development in Higher Education from Cal State University at Long Beach. And, um, and her Bachelor's in Science and Development Psychology from California Polytechnic University in San Luis Obispo. Wow she has all the credentials to back up this this amazing human being who is here to heal students through health in, in studies and in education. I mean, she has such extraordinary plans. These are large visions of how we can heal through education. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm so, 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 so over the moon to have her here today and to talk to us a bit about that, her story, her journey, and how she is healing in education. And the various opportunities that we have to connect and to empower one another as women, as Latinas, at, in, is in this multicultural space. Um, she's also part of the Dr. Yasmin David's Certification Executive Leadership Program at USC. So this woman is got the credentials to back up everything she says. So I'm excited to have her here. And without further ado. This is Dr. Veronica Estrada.
1: Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Okay, what can I say about my guest here? She is freaking badass. This woman, oh my Lord, she's a doctor. And uh, I just met up with her um, just recently to have breakfast. And as it turns out, she loves breakfast just like I do. So she had me at hello. I just have to say that she had me at hello but more importantly here is that this woman um, is an educator she is a professor Um, uh, she is someone who really is here for empowering women and empowering kids and she's on a quest to heal through education and so as you as you already know in the intro All about her accolades, ay Dios mío, master's, doctor degrees, bachelor's. I mean, you name it. This girl has it. But here's the thing, amigas What I love about her is how authentic she is, and how her willingness, her heart is so expanded to reach all the students all over the world. We have some amazing news to say. And she'll get right to it because, first of all, as you all know, we got to say hello to our gorgeous, lovely, beautiful friend, Dr. Veronica Estrada.
2: Hello, Welcome. hello, hello, and thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be an Amiga, handle your shit. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and you're an Amiga that has handled her shit. Oh my God.
1: With all everything you've done, I just I was I fell in love with you and I'm I know that amigas that are listening on Amiga Handle Your Shit are going to love you as well. So what I like to do when I interview my guests is that I go way back because I feel it's so important to know where we're from in order to actually really appreciate where you are right now because who we were back then ha- is certainly not who we are today so amiga please tell us like where are you from were you born in the states who are your family members i mean like literally <laughs> okay
2: so i was actually born in pasadena california uh, my mom is actually from sinaloa from Cuyacan, Sinaloa. my dad's from jalisco a small town town called um Oh, gosh, what is it called? Uh, Yeah, I went black. Ah, Ciudad Guzman. And so my parents met here in El Sereno, and I'm the youngest of three. So my dad actually um, worked really hard to change our trajectory. So when he was younger, he came here to the States. When he was about, I think, nine years old, my grandfather was a bracero. So he was, you know, working up and down California, specifically Pasadena. That's exactly where he was located. So historically, if you come to Pasadena, Orange, groves, what Orange Grove Street was actually groves of oranges. And so that's where my grandfather would work. Um, so my, my dad went to school here, went to high school here, fell in love with my mom in El Sereno, and they got married. And, uh, but my dad's trajectory was different. He said that he was working, washing dishes. And one day he read an article about what would happen to his life. He would, if he would go to college. And so he went to PCC, which is passing a city college. And he was talking to his counselor and he said, you know, I want to transfer. I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. And his counselor told him, no, you should be a gardener. Your people should be a gardener. Your people should go cut hair. Your people should go be a Mason. And my dad got really upset. And he's like, <sighs> no, I'm gonna go to college. I really wanna go to college. And so my, my dad is a self-made man. He pretty much you know was raised by himself. And so he has big faith in God. My, my dad has a big faith in God. Oh so God. he transferred and he went to college and he became a mechanical engineer. <sighs> and he changed our trajectory. I'm very proud of my father. Um, and my mom, she was a housewife. She dedicated her whole life to us, which is myself, my brother, and my sister. So I'm the youngest of three. And my mom, you know, didn't make it to high school or, or anything like that. She does have a low level education, um, but she did the best that she could to raise us. And we always had educación de la casa. So we were always like, from my mom being from Sinaloa, you know, very, she she would always make sure that we dressed up and we took pride in our appearance and so that's that's how I started and so I am the first one in my family to have the highest education so I am first gen and I do consider myself first gen college educated woman because my father worked so much I really I rarely saw him all I knew is that he wanted us to go to college um, but he didn't really tell us how to do it and so I just knew I had to do it. And I think about all of the racism that he went through when he was, you know, a student and everything he had to overcome in order to give us a different trajectory. Um, So I am the first one in my family to have the highest level of education. So the challenge there for me is not being able to relate to my mom Mm -hmm. and being raised specifically by my mom, making sure, you know, do good in school, whatever that meant, because I really didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to, um, I didn't know how to, to study. I had dyslexia, and my first language is Spanish, right? So I had that ESL background in that sense. But it was really hard for me to learn, and so I, I thought I was, you know, not very smart. And education found me. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded by educators that wanted me to succeed. And I was in the second grade where I started working with someone um, so I could overcome my dyslexia. I still have it. There's sometimes I'm like, ooh, wait a second. Those letters, I, I, I kind of like uh, get them a little confused. <clears throat> so education found me and there was such power in that. But being a, a Latina woman that had English issues, speaking English issues, um, I was very insecure. I had very low self-esteem and I went to school. My parents put me in private school and there wasn't a lot of people that looked like me. So I felt very isolated, not only at home because I'm trying to educate myself and um, my mom is doing the best she could to understand what that means for me. I felt very isolated going to an all girls school in Pasadena that was very prestigious. So I would get comments like what type of Mexican are you? Like the type of Mexicans I know are like my gardener or like my housekeeper and I was like did she really just say that to me? But I guess you just don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. So my yeah. my yeah, my parents way of giving me a different life was putting me um in a in in a school that's going to give me the best education but that school injured me. I wasn't able to celebrate my culture. Um, and there was people that just some, some people that look like me, but, uh, after that, you know, I ended up going to college and I was academically unavailable, but socially aware. That was my favorite line in grad school because say it I, again, say it again, I was academically <laughs> unavailable, but socially aware. I just knew at 18, I wanted to leave my house. Um, it was a prison in the sense that I was raised very strict, very traditional Latina, couldn't go out, couldn't spend the night at anybody's house. Um, and then all my friends had all this freedom and I had not that much freedom until I really rebelled. My, I would say like my junior, senior year in high school because of the culture clash. But I wanted to go away and I went away to San Luis Obispo, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I was a biochemistry major because they're like, you got to go be an attorney, a doctor, like something that's prestigious, right? And I realized I went into biochemistry and I'm like, I hate this. This is horrible. (laughs) Like, what am I doing? I'm failing out of school. I, I was failing out of school. And I met this man named Dr. Gonzalez and he changed my life. He saw something in me that i didn't see in myself and he gave me opportunities he was mentoring me and showed me all about higher education i'm like well how much do you make oh okay you're a vice president of a university you make this amount of money and it looks like so much fun so he started my trajectory going into higher education and i did go into student services and um Then I realized that there wasn't a lot of respect for administrators anymore. Like when I went to college, we respect administration. We respect the president. But as there was this huge shift where it's like administration is the enemy. And I just didn't like to be around that anymore. And I changed my trajectory. I ended up becoming a college professor because I felt like I can make a bigger change in the classroom. And I didn't realize it until a lot of my students were like, You're the first Latina I've ever had. And I would, you know, joke around with my cheese, you know, like those dichos. And I would put the dichos into the class. And my students were the ones that could relate to me uh, and my culture, um, felt Mm -hmm. connection for the first time. And I didn't realize, Jackie, that. I was bringing a cultural piece into the classroom because academically it's very Eurocentric, right? Yeah. I just was like, what is this word? Where's the dictionary? Like, what am I? (laughs) But there isn't those cultural nuances, right? And so I realized wow, like I have an opportunity to bring in my lived experiences, my cultural background into the classroom and share. And it was so powerful because now I have students that look like me that have a voice and can relate to a professor. And then all of a sudden I didn't realize that I had a following. And that's when I realized because as I was educating myself um, as a woman, deconstructing all the traditional social and gender roles to reconstruct myself as an independent career woman, I realized at that moment that I was healing myself through education and in the classroom, I'm teaching my students to heal as well, especially not just my Latina students, but my, my Latino students too, about how our cultural norms, our gender norms, really limit our thinking or really limit our opportunity. Just yesterday, I was working with a thesis student and her boyfriend kept calling her, like, why aren't you here? Come and help me with the business. And I said, this is your time. You're investing in yourself. You know, are you Soila? you know, gas es todo, or are you going to, you know, put yourself first? It's okay. Like, just the whole idea of putting myself first, we learn to put ourselves last,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: Mm-hmm. And as we become educated women, we realize that we're trying to fit into systems that don't fit us anymore. Yes. And that's why I talk about deconstructing all the cultural and gender norms that we learn, all that implicit bias of how we see ourselves behind a man, how we see ourselves as putting ourselves last, as we see ourselves well, I better not tell people that I'm getting educated because my, they're going to say mira, se cree tanto, mejor que no no sé qué, you know, and so I learned to keep myself so small. And if you think about that, why? Because my culture tells me to, because I need to know my place as a woman within my own culture. I I didn't fit into those systems anymore. Yes. So I had to deconstruct that and I had to construct my own system and I get to define what it is to be an educated Latina. I'm a single mom. I get to define the type of mom I want to be for my daughter as a single mom, I got to have so much power in that. And I realized that prior to that, I gave away my personal power to the culture of dirá la gente? ¿Estás divorciada or oh, that like that just keeps you small. That keeps you insignificant, you give away your power. And therefore, my whole, my whole journey is to heal through education.
1: Oh my God, I'm going to mic drop, (laughs) OMG, like how do I even go back? So many amazing points that you made, wow, from racism to deconstructing to now, you know, really digging really deep into all these implicit biases and also just, I mean, how you get to be as a Latina, how you decide how you show up versus fitting into these systems these paradigms built by a different culture not by our culture
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, i love what you're saying oh my god just even like going back to your father experiencing racism like that is Wow. And then you having to go through co- through college and high school and high school also experiencing racism, implicit racism, because it wasn't like purposefully because no. they had no idea, but those undertones get ingrained into our brain and into our heart and our soul. And it's not until now when we start deconstructing that we start digging in and uncovering bit by bit, layer by layer so that we can be our authentic selves and be who we want to be. I'm so excited that you are part of my, my tribe. <laughs> I'm so
2: excited too, Jackie. Um, yeah. So
1: Okay. So you and I had this conversation while we we're having breakfast and how we want to heal heal through education so tell us like what do you
2: in your mind what what kinds of things should we look out for for well first of all i think what's really important is to get to know yourself and get to know your stories of shame so for me i I had a lot of shame in some in not understanding how to express my latina side of myself so I wear my centenario this is my grandmothers Mm -hmm. and this is very cultural to me my earrings my red lipstick like this is for me my femininity this is what it means for me to be Latina plus my plus there's a lot more but what I learned when I was little was the way women are viewed within a very traditional culture is of an assistant Right, you're my assistant, you work for me, kind of a thing. But I learned that through that, you start to learn to really like hate yourself in the sense that I can't do that, or not now, or maybe later. You're always like making not like you may make excuses, or you might not take those chances or those calculated risks because of the imposter syndrome or your low self esteem. Or the lack of role models, right, of women just being fearless and living in their truth, in their passion. Like, I cannot say that I saw any females like that in my life. That was my father, right? So it's really interesting that my father wanted more for me than to be a housewife. He would sit and talk to me and tell me about all of the opportunities, but I got kind of mixed messages, right? Because at the same time, I was raised as a traditional Latina. So what I realized that you only see your eyes will only see what it's meant for you. So there was opportunities that would come, and I'm like, no, I can't do it. No, I don't have the qualifications. You know, here I am talking myself down, where everybody was like, but. You're so smart and you're so this. I didn't feel smart because, you know, I carry the injury of uh, being an ESL student, making made fun of for like not speaking proper English or using wrong terminology, right? Um, or having the dyslexia, right? Or you, you just carry these like stories of pain and shame. It, it's, it
1: is, it's, and I'm sorry to to no. cut you off, but- but these stories of pain and shame, in my experience, has been everyone, everyone, everyone. But it's, it takes someone like yourself to see a different path. Because if you don't have the mentors, the role models, how are you going to change? You only rise to the level that you are exposed to.
2: Yep. I you, agree. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You're only going to rise the level that you're exposed to 100% correct. So I always look for mentors. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, I realized like my one of the most beloved mentors that I have is Dr. Yasmin's Davids. I went through her program that changed my life. I told her, Dr. Davids, you gave me life. Um, because we're educated women, right? It doesn't stop in school trying to figure out like the whole educational system, but you're now a career woman right and how do you ask for a raise how do you navigate something that you can't go home and really have a conversation like with your mom about these things right okay. um, yeah so you feel so isolated you feel so lonely right so for me what happened was I was able to go back and really look at all the the stories of shame and pain and give it the same value that I could say, yes, my name is Dr. Veronica Estrada. I have a doctorate from USC. And this also happened to me. I'm divorced. You know, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. It does not own me anymore. And what I learned is I rather tell my story than have someone else tell my story and get it wrong. And I am so proud of everything that happened to me, I will own it. And people that understand me will not criticize me. It's like the whole man in the arena speech, that if you're in there getting your ass kicked, somebody else that understands that is going to be there by your side. And people that don't understand will criticize you. So what I learned was, Jackie, would you ever take advice from someone you don't respect?
1: Oh, hell no. So why do no you take somebody's criticism? Exactly, and you know what? I'm glad that you're saying that, Veronica, um, because here's the thing. I mean, you and I have similar backgrounds, similar experiences. It's crazy. I feel like we were born, we're twins. <laughs> we're twins, and you know, I remember when um, before I completely transitioned into this other position in my life, in my career. Um, I would have clients come in zero education, but, um, because of whatever reasons, which now I realize what was going on, um, attacked me and started calling me unprofessional and that all kinds of stuff. And then guess what would happen? I would, I would cave down like, oh my God, holding on to this, this shame, like, they're saying calling me unprofessional even though i knew that i wasn't but these are injuries that were not that wasn't the first injury we had these injuries as kids that are now coming to light and so it's it, it, and and when you're saying this about like well why would you take advice from this one i totally totally completely agree with you like why did i allow for that criticism to hit me so hard when i'm the lawyer here i'm the one with fucking a lot of knowledge and here i was allowing to be criticized by somebody who i mean to be quite honest wasn't they were just reacting to their circumstances because they couldn't afford and couldn't pay it's it's like it's the same stories time and time again and I and I almost felt like it was more like if it was a guy would he have said that you know what I mean like I already start to think I'm like if he if if he was talking to a Latino would he have criticized some criticized him like he did to me you know what I mean like stuff like that and I'm like Jackie There's something wrong here, (laughs) and so that's when I started really digging really deep into this personal development space and working on me because that's when I realized, oh no, no! Even though my husband was telling me like, "How how, Jackie? You got all this. Why are you gonna listen?" Pero me dolía tanto. I was a, I was that broken child, that broken child who didn't
2: know. Yes, I. Agree, 1,000%. I should say 100%. My boyfriend always says, (laughs) I would say 1,000%. But, you know, it's very interesting, Jackie, because we have the power to change our narrative. It is not, so many of us are so scared of success, not failure, right? Imagine if you live as your excellent self and you show up and all the success that you are worthy of and really live in that space and own your personal power own your excellence change your narrative that's love and put your boundaries see one thing growing up in a traditional latina uh latino like background we had no boundaries none right so when (laughs) you don't have boundaries it's really hard to practice self-love because you don't know how to shut the noise out so when someone criticizes you it's painful right because What happened to me was I was viewing myself through the eyes of other people. But once you start to love yourself and be complete, you are going to judge yourself through your eyes. And yeah. therefore, the, the, all that noise is just noise. All that criticism won't touch you because you know your value. You know your worth. And you will show up as authentically you and unapologetically you. And that's a process. It took me a very long time with tons of mentors and hanging out with wonderful women like you. Mm-hmm. you know, if you want to level up, you know, someone told me the type of questions you ask yourself is the type of life you're living. And the people that you're hanging out with is the way you see yourself. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. And, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and that really impacted me. And so myself, I teach leadership that's my thing and i love it and i love empowering women and living in their in their in their personal power and teaching yeah. them to lead themselves i always tell everybody you are the ceo of your life everyone's a leader you can get up and you can make good choices you can make bad choices but you have the power and we don't understand how much power we have yeah yeah absolutely and you know
1: leaders lead other leaders you know i i just i totally believe that and you're right you are the ceo of your life i mean completely and and if you don't own it then guess what it's not gonna work out for you it's not gonna you're not gonna set your boundaries you're not gonna level up because you're not owning your your power your superpower and um god you know this makes me want to ask you all kinds of questions now (laughs) leadership let's talk a little bit more about leadership because i know that you right now are leading um, at, at the college that you are a professor in but i know from a conversation that you and i had was that your dream your vision is way bigger than being in the classroom it's going to you know involve many, many, many human beings. And and that's what a leader is all about. So tell us, what leadership plans do you have?
2: For myself? For yourself, yeah. Uh, For those of you that are curious where I teach, I teach at Pacific Oaks College in Pasadena. And it's why I fell in love with that school is because it is, the foundation is advocacy and social justice. And I'm also a community college teacher. The community college has a big, Place in my heart. So right now I'm at PCC, which is Pasadena City College, and Pasadena City College is where my father got his chance to change his life, and so it's full circle for me. Yeah. But um, what changed my life is after I got my doctorate, I felt very sterile, very like complacent. I was like, okay, I got all of these like degrees. I'm 35 years old. I'm finished with my doctorate, right? And these were all external. Um, awards, but internally, I wasn't feeling good. Even though I had my my doctorate, I still had low self esteem and and things like that. So then I thought to myself, okay, what do I need to do to change? Right, I need to level up. So I went through this program at USC, which is the Executive Leadership Program for Multicultural Women, because remember, leadership's my thing. And I got to be my own case study. And from that program, I realized. That I want to go and work in developing countries, not developed countries, developing countries. And I want to um, create institutes for women in developing countries so they can find their skill. I'm trying to change the culture of women. Yes. 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 And I'm going to do my sabbatical. I'm applying to go to the University of Peru where I did my first crossover. I presented in Spanish. Um, my research yeah and so now i'm you know i'm leveling up i have more confidence in my academic spanish is really tough but i'm there yeah and i realized the power of being multi- like bilingual right so i definitely want to start there and my whole mission as we talk about it is just healing through education but changing the culture for women that's my thing right there
1: wow that's huge that is huge. I'm right behind you, girl. Oh, we're going to work together.
2: <laughs> yes, we, we have to also do something with the legal system. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh,
1: my God, Lord. Jesus Christ. Man, uh, with the legal system, I'll tell you, I mean, I, you know, I've always said that, unfortunately, justice, as much as we want it to be blind, it really is not. It really does. A lot has to do with Um, proximity to the true connections and money unfortunately um you know i i've seen both sides and um and i've seen happiness and i've seen heartaches and you know the heartaches are really bad and um but anyways that's that's another tangent (laughs) but in terms of like healing through education i really like that as a mission a mission statement because you know as because you and i have like the similar experiences in terms of the shame and then and you know who's going to see me for who i am and understand where i'm coming from and just where's the culture the culture you know sometimes doesn't want to you know doesn't want to support you like on one hand, a part of them are saying, yes, go for it, and then the other one is like slapping you in the face. How dare you? what the heck? Know your
2: place no your place, no
1: your place, no your place so mm-hmm. so it's wonderful that you're you're gonna be um going into these um third co- what it, what what would you call it third world country mm-hmm. that would it be considered third world I mean I'm not sure but yes it's right a developing country mm-hmm. it's a developing country, and having you there. For these beautiful souls that get to experience and learn healing by being educated, I just think, goodness, you bring that as a blueprint there, and then you go to another developing country, to another developing country, and then come home, and and then say like, mira, si se puede. You know what? I'm here. You know that girl that was made made fun of? I did. I helped. I helped these other countries. Bring healing. And now it's time for us to have healing here in this country because we need it here too.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, as a college professor, I do my, whoever has me as a professor knows I am more of like a seminar, right? I'm not like, I don't lecture and like, let me just regurgitate this. I make every single student their own case study. And I've had so many students later say, you've changed my life. And then I realized the power of education in the classroom is huge. I am so privileged to be, this is my career and it's fun. It's not work. I get up in the morning and I'm so excited to be in the classroom. And I realized when I was an administrator, I had no connection to students, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I was trying my hardest to make the environment the best for the student to learn, it, it just didn't touch my heart as much as being in the classroom, working with students, especially students in community college that might never think that they had have access or they're good enough or they can actually have a feature to transfer. And I just I just put that in there because I realized that within our Latino community, especially as a woman, we don't have a lot of emotional support. It's like, okay, you've got to suck it up, deal with it. Don't share with people porque que diran la gente. You know, it's just this image or this mask, and I don't like it. That damaged me, and so I am so I'm an open book, and I'm pretty sure my mom was like, "Ay, some cha cha ya," you know. But I'm like, you know, this is the way that I want to live my life. I'm not fitting into systems that don't fit me, and just working with students right now and showing them and just changing that culture. Like especially for women, um, is so empowering for me. And yeah. that's when I realized, I'm going to give you a quote. And this is the powerful part. Like noticing is the gift. Space is the grace. And the response is the power.
1: <sighs> Say it again. Say it again.
2: Noticing is the gift. Notice, are you feeling good? Are you feeling not so good? Like, those narratives right yeah yeah notice it noticing is the gift because now you can change right the space giving you the space is the grace have grace for yourself Mm -hmm. and the response your response is the power you have power you know never own if you make a decision and people don't like it don't own it you have to be so true to yourself and i think as we're in education, as we're going to school, and think back checking when you first started school, right? You start to get exposed to things. You, you get exposed to other people, other cultures, other perspectives, and then you start to think like you start to look at your own environment, and you're like, wow, I can't believe we did that, or I'm so grateful that we have this, right? You take an assessment, but education liberates your mind and gives you opportunities and gives yourself opportunities. And so that's why I say response is the power. Knowing all of this, knowing that you have options, how are you gonna respond and be in that power? Girl, I
1: need to be in your classroom. (laughs) I do, oh my God, I love this. Noticing is the gift, space is the grace, response is the power. Amigas, if anything, put those on your wall, stare at them, breathe them, see them, regurgitate them, live them, be them. Those statements are hella powerful. Oh, my God. Lord. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I'm going to have to be in your class. That's all I have to say. (laughs) no. Wow, kid. You know what I, you are you are completely right about all this because you know if you never know this, you're never going to get those gifts. Had I not been willing to pay attention to a, my human angel that came to say, "I know something I know something that can help you," I would never have been given the space for grace and response to this new way of thinking. And you know, yes, I'm a lawyer and there's a gift in that and I, you know, but at the same time it's like the title is not what makes me who I am mm-hmm. at all, at all. And learning healing through education is the thing. And I'm glad that you're saying this Dr. Estrada because many amigas out there some of them are not educated some of them wish they were educated and now they're married and they have kids like what do we tell those women because i feel in my body that you can get any education anytime anywhere any place but it's incumbent upon you to to start that because i always say no one's coming for you it has to come from you you got to mom mom up
2: yourself (laughs) What I love about Pacific Oaks College, where I teach full time, is it's geared to the older adults. These Mm -hmm. are people coming back after being moms, raising their kids and saying, it's my time. So what I learned is that if you have a dream and you don't do it, it turns into a regret. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how old you get. If you have that dream, that fire, that passion, connect to it. Go to school, educate yourself, or whatever you want to do. I think it's. It, don't forget to put yourself first, and it's not selfish in our culture. That is seen as oh my god, egoista, estás poniendo primero, viene tu familia primero, tus niños, and like you're always last. But why? You don't have to. You know you. You don't have to live like that. That's why you. when I talk about deconstructing, there's a lot of things about my culture that I love. I love my culture. You know, I love also a lot of things that work for me. But what I did not like was how much I implicitly learned to hate myself. Mm-hmm. So yes. implicitly by saying you can't do this, limiting yourself. Yeah. So yeah. you and I talked about this, Jackie, mm-hmm. is that you have one life, right? And the type of life that you're going to live is the way that you're going to view death, right? And so what I did, and we talked about this, was I killed old Veronica, mm-hmm. the one that had low self-esteem, put herself last, didn't feel like I was worth, worthy enough or smart enough or pretty enough or whatever it was. Um, it was all those implicit biases that I learned and also... How my own culture and uh, and just living in, in, in an environment that I felt so isolated injured me, I was able to notice. Those were all my gifts, right? Yeah. And then I gave myself grace. I forgave myself for being like that, for being like, oh my gosh, when you were married, you put your husband first, you, you know, he had his business and you could, got divorced and you got nothing, whatever it was, right? Um, that's Okay. But I chose to um, re, like I, I chose to live and live passionately and according to me, aligning. And I had to be very clear on what are the values that I have that I'm going to align my life with. And the things that don't align with my values, I will say no to that, so I could say yes to everything that aligns to who I am today. so that Veronica from the past doesn't exist. It's kind of like, oh, you're robbing a house, but I don't live there anymore. It's like, you're talking shit? Well, that's not me anymore. Go ahead, right? I'm okay with that. And so you just, you give yourself that second chance. You give, you have the power to do so much for yourself. And don't forget that you are worthy of putting yourself first. You're worthy of loving yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what true love is, is being able to do the things that bring you passion and joy and that align to the core of who you are,
1: mm-hmm. and not
2: deviating from that. And that's the gift that I want to give my daughter. I yes. have a 20-year-old daughter. She's seen me go through a lot. Um, when I got divorced, I had nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And I moved to a little apartment. I had no furniture. Um, my daughter was the only one that had furniture I would I had no savings because my husband who was a financial guy had control of all the money I had nothing I lost like, everything no control no money and I had to start over again I had no money and I started crying we I ordered pizza and and uh, we're sitting down on the floor because I have no furniture. And my daughter was like, oh, this is so much fun. And I was like, oh my God, like I gave my life to someone. I'm starting over. I have nothing. This will never happen to me again. Yeah. Never. And I don't want my daughter to go through that because I learned that when you marry, right, you put your husband first, it's all about your husband, this and that. I was a, you know, stay-at-home mom and people would make fun of me like, oh my God, you're getting your doctorate and you're like, you know, at home and all of these like insults, right? Yeah. yeah, Because people have so many opinions, but at that time I didn't love myself enough to say, Veronica, why did you drop out of USC? Go, you know, why did, why are you giving your life to this person? Like I became like um, his assistant instead of his partner right because right? Uh, yeah. i allowed that that's what yes. i learned well that veronica is that, she's dead she's gone. That? and so i look at myself and i'm like and you know my ex-husband now is my neighbor which is kind of funny but every time <laughs> i drive by his house i think of like that would have been like my jail i would yeah. never be dr estrada i wouldn't be an educator i wouldn't have all of this success because i didn't put myself first He's great. He's a great person. It was me that I was making these choices for myself because I thought those were my only choices. But I'm an educated woman making these decisions, right? That person's dead. So now it's like I'm living in my options, you know, I'm living in my power. I'm living the life that I was meant to live. And I want to live a life of service. So, because of these experiences, i want to change the culture i want to give women options and i want women to understand like the power that they have but you have to heal you definitely have to heal and you definitely have to forgive yourself for falling into these cultural norms right that don't really serve you it might serve somebody else right
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah absolutely
1: and i always say like shit. I mean, I've got my formula already intact. I teach this to my my students in my, the Amiga Way Academy um, because it's such, the way I look at it is like, how are you going to get instructed by someone who doesn't know your culture? Like really, truly, like how, you know, how can this Caucasian man, not, not, not to like demean or anything like that, but. A Caucasian man is not really going to know anything about my life. Nothing. How How is that going to serve me? And so I'm so grateful that you are an educator that is informing other women out there that there's a bigger life for you. That you don't have to stay small. You don't have to be within these boundaries, um, these limitations. and You get to decide, you get to be the CEO of your life. You have this, you can live your own, your best options. You can be your best self without having to listen to these fucking people who are telling you what to do that have no idea where you're from. No idea.
2: And it's so powerful because I never really understood the power that I had until I started talking to my students. And then I realized, oh goddamn! Like I'm first gen female going to college, right? Now I'm in my career, and in my career I kept myself small too because I'm like, oh, if I work hard, maybe they'll notice me enough to give me, uh, you know, increase. You don't learn to to navigate. You don't learn to, you know, ask. Right? You just work. You don't say no. Right? There's different ways of saying no. Right? You you get wiser. Right? And so. I wanna be able to mentor women that were like me that graduated from college, right? are in the workforce now. And we don't even know what the hell we're doing in there. We don't know how to like navigate it because we didn't even know how to navigate our own like family life. Does that make sense? And so, and I could talk about this all the time. And when when, um, my students in my class hear a different perspective, they're like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right? like, and this get, is get them young.
1: Get them young. Get them young. This is and I love that you're you you are exposing them at this age. Because if I could if I could go back and say to my younger 18, 20 year old self, like, you know, things are happening for you, not to you. Everything's gonna be fine. You live your life, girl. Don't fuck everybody else. Just live your life. Live your life to the fullest. If they're saying that you can't, then you must.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, when someone says, like, oh, uh, you can't do that. And my response is, what if I can? What I learned, though, as a little kid was to live in fear, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. you can't do this. They van a hacer esto. Or si caminas esto, te van a hacer esto. Like, you live in fear, right? And so that's yeah. where depression and anxiety, that's the home, that's fear is like the the place where it generates these feelings, right? So I learned to have faith in myself. Yeah. Faith yeah. in the process and faith in God. And what I learned is that the most powerful people that I've met have so much faith in God or the universe or whoever that, you know, that higher power is. And then whenever I fear, fe- whenever I have fear, I turn it into faith.
1: Yes. Fear into faith. OMG, I love that. I'm going to take that one. I think I'm going to write it out.
2: <laughs> Fear into faith. And then in also growing up, it's like you had to be perfect, right? Like I remember my mom would pull my hair and everything was like in place. I love my mom. I love my mom. But I realized that we, perfection doesn't exist. It's a construct that doesn't exist. And no matter how hard you try to be perfect, it is unattainable because it's not definable you cannot define it so i learned that it's about progress not perfection mm-hmm. right as Absolutely. long as you progress in your life perfection does not exist you know just get rid of that
1: god yes oh my goodness music to my ears my love jesus christ i mean okay i i have you here for so long <laughs> And I can, we can keep on talking and oh my God, is um, but I know you got to go and I, you know, whatever we, I mean, unless we want to be on here for two hours, <laughs> but you know, you've been giving us so many tips, so many tips and here on Amiga, handle your shit. I always ask my my guests if there's one or two amazing tips on how they can handle their shit. What do you say those would be?
2: I would say do the internal work. Get mm-hmm. to know yourself so well and love yourself in the, in, the, in the way where if you did something like in a behavior that doesn't serve you, forgive yourself. But do the work and align to yourself where you know your values and align with them and say no to things that don't align to you. Because you're opening up the the space of abundance for all the things that do align to you because that brings you passion, that gives you purpose, it makes you feel alive, it gives you that drive to live in your excellent self.
1: Mm -hmm. Drive to live in your excellent self, wow, love that, love, 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 alignment is everything. Alignment is everything. Cause if you're not perfectly aligned, um, literally your body's just gonna cave. It's gonna, it's gonna make you notice. It's gonna make you notice. Pay attention here. You know, anxiety is there's a disalignment in your body. Depression, anxiety, all those things. They they show up in your body, and it, and that's why it's so important to really, really do the inner work as you, you mentioned, that um get to know yourself, get to fall in love with yourself.
2: There is a great TED talk um, saying that you need to marry yourself. Mm-hmm. Through the good times, through the bad times, through sickness and health, through richer or poorer, you have to just accept yourself for where you are and love yourself. People think that, oh, if I get a certain level of success, then I'll start loving myself. Or if I do this, it doesn't work like that. The person that you're going to have a relationship with the late relationship with for the rest of your life is yourself Mm -hmm. so you definitely have to to have that really strong relationship with yourself and be very clear of the type of life you want to live and live it it's that Mm. simple
1: that's simple oh my goodness thank you so much so much for being here dr estrada i mean we're obviously all of you We're gonna have you
2: back. (laughs) We're gonna be writing books together. You and I doing TED talks. We're taking this on the road. Absolutely. Amen.
1: Amen to that. Thank you so much. I I I so love this. I don't even want to press stop, but but I know we have to. (laughs) Let's just have breakfast again. (laughs) Again. I know. Love you. Love you. Love you. Thank you. you My love.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.